Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Kimberly Majeski. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good, Jim. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty well, I'd say, but I'm going to be frank. This pandemic thing is wearing a little thin for me. And mm. I don't want to be petty. I don't want to be small because I know there are a lot of people in our world who have suffered by the pandemic in ways I cannot even imagine. Sure. Nevertheless, it's kind of cast a shadow over my life. I, I feel like I'm being in a caged environment. I don't know, it's just making me crawl a little bit. How about you? Yeah, I'm sure you're feeling that way. You're not being able to travel like you're used to. uh, I'm used to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm ready for this whole thing to wrap it up. I've had enough of the coronavirus. I think uh, you're in good company with a few billion other people in this world. And during this season of uncertainty with so many question marks, so few answers, so much wonder about what's next, how long will this last, will we ever go back to normal? It can cause some real stress. And today we want to talk on Viewpoint a little bit just about how do we cope with that and, well, how do we do it in a healthy way? Talking about that pandemic, I'm so glad to have in our conversation a friend and what I'll call a professional who's well-trained in helping people find a healthy path in life. His name is Dr. Gary Vaughn. Gary, thanks for being with us. Jim, always a pleasure to be with you and Kimberly both. So. Uh, Gary glad you're here. Uh, is a doctor. He's a psychologist, and he provides mental health services and counseling and therapy within one of the largest healthcare provider systems in the Great Lakes mm-hmm. area. And Gary, we're so thankful that you've been able to carve some time out of that crowded schedule because I know you're in great demand to talk to us today. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said, this uh, pandemic affects everyone, of course, and what we've seen here Recently, as you both have stated just a moment ago, it wears on us. And maybe we can talk a little bit more about uh, some things to help to keep going through this in a, in a positive way. Now, Gary, I don't want to disclose uh, your age because, you, you know, I mean, you're so young, vibrant. I mean, film star quality. Yeah, thank you for that, yes. Yeah, but you have been in practice for a while. How many years have you actually been in practice? 40 years. No, this, this no is, way. This is 40 years. Oh, yes. You, you oh must have goodness. been a prodigy as a child. Yeah. All right. So 40 years, though, you've seen a lot of things come and go. Are you experiencing in the pandemic a kind of new trend or wave of patients or clients who are struggling in different ways than you've seen normally? Yes, I think, Jim, the thing that we've seen a lot, and I've seen this personally, again, in my own practice, is it's it's almost how you described it a moment ago, it wears on people. Mm-hmm. And so the anxiety now has mm-hmm. increased, and there's almost this overflow. I always say it's like a wet blanket. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. hugs onto you, and you can't get rid of it. And because of that, it starts to then cloud everything. It clouds anything that you see as positive. Sometimes almost becomes the negative of if I could use that again, the old half empty, half full. Well, now it's almost half empty all the time. Yeah. So the anxiety and depression has increased. Dr. Vaughn, I, not to just have my own therapy here in this session today, but as you talk about anxiety, the thing I keep running into with the women that I serve is that this is really like a prolonged season of anxiety. And I wonder what some of the um, effects of that has been for people in their lives. What are some, what are some of the symptoms that we're seeing show up in folks' lives from feeling that sort of intense, on edgeness that this has brought to us? Um, well, you know, Kimberly, it's interesting because one of the things that we've seen quite a bit uh, change in sleep patterns. So we'll jump uh-huh. around here a little bit, but 
people will say, you know, I just don't sleep as well. Well, it's because there's, it's always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when we're out, you know, we're all wearing the mask. We're all doing the social distance. If you've been more of a person maybe with an anxiety disorder already or a heightened anxiety, it's increased tenfold at times. Mm-hmm. I've had people say they're afraid to even pump gas at a gas station, you know, if I walk into the store. So then they start to question, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with me? Am I having a mental breakdown? Am I having some type of mental disorder? When actually it's just the increase of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. But sleep patterns start to change. There's almost a, a worry that's constantly there. I always mm-hmm. say sometimes for certain people in the back of their mind, it's like they can't uh, really get rid of it when they're out. They can't enjoy things the way they used to enjoy it because there's always that fear of, oh, no, is this when I could catch this? Mm-hmm. Is this when it's going to change my life? Am I going to pass it on? So that is why a minute ago when I said the wet blanket, it's like I can't get rid of it. And so to speak, then the depression comes with it. Yeah. And if you think about it, we always look at anxiety and depression are almost like twin sisters. Mm-hmm. They kind of hold on. You know, if you get one, then before long, if you don't watch, the other one comes along with it. Yeah. And that's uh, probably very important knowledge in a pandemic, which does not end. Right. And so there's no relief. There's no break. That's what you're describing, this wet blanket that clings to you, and you just can't take it off for a little while. It's just always there. It's always there. Am I hearing you say that with the anxiety, then it's natural to expect that we might develop a depressed view of our own selves and the world around us. Exactly, Jim. I mean, it actually skews everything. Mm -hmm. I've had people say, even when they're on vacation, and again, we were joking a minute ago a little bit about (laughs) travel, but even if you travel, you know, it's where can I go? Should I go here? Oh, is that a hot spot? Maybe Mm -hmm. I shouldn't go at all. Mm -hmm. And so then people start to close in. And, and once you isolate, and that's the other part, Kimberly, going back, is I see more isolation. Mm-hmm. People that would have done some maybe fairly normal things stop doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, even going out, I had a gentleman the other day, he said, well, I used to go out to, to one of the parks here locally and, and, and every day. Now I don't go. Well, I'm afraid. What are you afraid? Well, just in case. You know, well, once you start that, we always say in, in the field of psych, it's a cognitive distortion. He's starting distorting reality because, Jim, as you mentioned, when we talked about this with the wet blanket, I can't get away from it. Yeah. So consequently, I hibernate, I isolate, and before too long, if you don't watch, you get paralyzed. I want to go back, uh, Gary, to not sleeping or having sleep that's interrupted. What would you say to someone who may be struggling to find rest, given this reality? Well, a couple of things, Jim, I think we have to look at. And these are some basics that, again, you, you've heard with a lot of people, but I think they're so important to reinforce. It's what are you doing as far as exercise in just a normal pattern? I, I look at it when I start talking to people who are very anxious or starting to really get to that point. They've changed the routine. Mine is you'd still need, you'd need to be consistent as we were talking just a moment ago, if you go out walking, make sure you're walking. Make sure I'm doing things that would have been, we always say to get some endorphins in the system going, our own kind of antidepressants. You can do that. You can still do that without fear. And I think that's where you have to change the thought as well. And I'm going to, you hear this a lot, but people tend to watch too much news. Mm -hmm. You know, we're inundated with so many reports, even at the hospital where I'm at. I mean, every day there are numbers of reports that come through with different, mm-hmm. oh, here's what's new on this one. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and I'm not going into something with fake news. I'm talking about there's so much information, it just becomes overloading mm-hmm. to your system. 
it's almost like when we were in college, when you had so much to do, you just don't know what to pick up on and where to read. And so consequently, you read too much, which creates more anxiety, which then isolates you again. So my thing would be making sure you're consistent on what was a pattern of life that you had, so to speak, before COVID, and try to institute that again. Make sure you're exercising. Make sure you're eating properly. Make sure that when you're talking about news and those things, and I'm big on this one, at, at certain times of the day, shut it down. You know, If you want to sleep better at night, Jim, the biggest one is, this was before COVID, but around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, shut the news off. Listen to music. Do something that completely kind of changes the track so hopefully that tape that's running in the back of your mind about COVID or fears, we can start to, to, to gear down. You know, you're really crowding me here, Gary. Thanks a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> much for the positive. Well, right? I mean, you know what? I, you're, you're speaking directly into my life. Yeah. Because, uh, one, I just have to reflect. In college, my problem was not that I was reading too much. <laughs> but but that, okay. as, that aside... You know, you know me. I, I've been a runner. I've been faithful to the gym at the local Y where I go. I mean, that's just that has been bedrock for me, and it's all over. From March, I have not been able to go to the gym, mm-hmm. and it has truly been disorienting. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it really is. Right. No. And I, I, I would even say I was a runner's addict in the sense that you know, if I took more than two days off from my running routine, I, I experienced a kind of emotional turmoil. And now in this pandemic, it just seems so hard to get back into it. And then when you add in the retreat from my exercise time is to dive into the news, which is so powerful. Right. And it's not just on television. It's on my phone. I mean, yes. <laughs> and, and how that can inform my, my sense of the world, mm-hmm. maybe out of balance. Right. And I'm hearing you say, Jim, get it together. Well, <laughs> you know, you don't have to go to a gym to have a <laughs> exercise routine. And you just need to draw some boundaries about your access to media. You're, Jim, you've just said, it. I, I think you have to refocus exercise and activities at home. Things that we would, if we're going to the gym, you would have that. But now even running, when am I going to run? What, what? I have to be consistent. I'm just real big on the fact when I see people whose anxiety has increased in depression, the consistency's gone, the structure's gone, and you want to put a new structure back in, but it can work. And again, you just said, we've talked about with the news media, even at night, and this is, this is kind of an offshoot, most people will take an iPad or their cell phone, which is not a phone, it's a computer, to bed. Mm-hmm. So here I am laying in the bed with a bright light shining directly into my eyes, stimulating you know, neuron patterns and firing patterns that keep me going. And then I'm reading something that's usually overwhelming. And we do know that once you end the day with that, especially if it's been, in, you know, over and over, you're going to dream about that. Your body is already geared up. Your sleep pattern, all that changes. So reality is you're going to get into a light sleep that's going to fluctuate. You're not going to sleep well. And then when you wake up the next morning, as you've already, you know, throughout the night, you're going to be anxious, which then just compounds a problem. Gary, this has been so helpful already. I, I want to ask, I think that part of the healing is being aware that what you're feeling is natural and normal and that this is kind of 
what you feel in times like this. I remember saying to myself that uh, being aware that I felt early in the pandemic like I was going through grief. I I, I reminded myself, this is what grief feels like. And I allowed myself those luxuries of being being patient with myself, taking time, allowing myself extra cookies. But then it was time to get up, right? And to rebuild, to to find some health and to find some boundaries and to find some way back into life. I'm wondering if you could help us think about what are some of those routines? What are some of those structures? What are some of those everyday practices that some people out there who who know they've got to get back up, who've got to find some way back into normal functioning life could hang on to and begin to start practicing today? Okay. Well, if we come back up, just something you said a moment ago I think is really important. We started with this in, in March or thereabouts, believing that, okay, this will pass pretty quickly. And that's what we all take on the mindset, I think, of, okay, you know, in a couple of months, we'll be back to normal. Two things. Normal didn't come back. Right. And whatever the normal is going to be is still yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where people overloaded in some ways with what I'm going to say, a little twist here with, we reward ourselves a lot maybe at the beginning because we're isolated. It's almost like, a, for a better term, when you're at home for a week when it snows, you know, and you can do it for a week, and then you're, you know, oh, we got the ice cream, we got the snacks, yes. we got all these things, and then you realize, wow, this is not going away. The snow didn't melt. Then it's May. It's May, <laughs> yes. And I think then going back to what Jim you said, some of the things that we normally would have done, mm-hmm. which the exercise, and I'm going to hit that one more time, are things that we would have said, okay, this is important. We've gotten out of the routine, and so then to go back into the routine. Is hard because it's not a routine we can pick up on because everything was shut down or still is modified. Right. So I think you have to then look at, this is going to sound like the twist, you do have to reward yourself because I think what we've done is we've stopped rewarding ourselves now because it's almost like we've hunkered down for so long, so to speak, we don't even know what that really looks like. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to redetermine again what is a consistent pattern for me Mm -hmm. that would have been some things in the past I would have done. It may be going to get ice cream. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to go get a gallon of ice cream. Right. But you know, it means that Noted. at this point, I'm going yeah, <laughs> to I'm gonna do something, but then I'm also going to do another part. To re- Maybe it's sitting and listening to music. The positive through this, and we, we may talk this a little later, so I'll segue and then we'll come back. But it's given families a chance to be together if mm-hmm. they've used it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, they had time to play board games are to do things together. And I think that's important. Sometimes just another part, rewarding yourself with maybe some treats that you kind of get out of the, the sequence of, but doing it appropriately. Second, doing some mindless or fun things that would be without thinking about COVID or work or those. It's issues of literally saying, hey, let's pull a board game out. Let's do some things fun together. And am I hearing you say that as we try to rebuild those routines or get back into those healthy practices, is it best to kind of take those gently or do we jump back into trying to do eight miles a day or are we going to try to start at the at the low end of that? Well, I think it's a combination. You've mm-hmm. answered both. Sometimes people I've seen try to jump back into it and too quickly. And Jim, you mentioned if you were a runner, well, the, the issue is if I've been out of doing that for three months, then you're almost down on yourself going, what's wrong with me? You know, I, I go for a mile and I'm exhausted. Right, yeah. I, 
what am I a loser now or something? You start and there's another part. We start talking about the negative tapes that we play on ourselves, mm-hmm. the thoughts, the the negative thinking. So I think it's you ease into it. But again, you have to ease into it and be consistent. I've said that several times, but I see people go, well, I tried it for a week or two and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not going to because it didn't take, you know, it takes longer to get back to where we were going. And hopefully it's a different, a new normal with some of this. So what do you enjoy? What do you find? People that work at home, which is a lot now. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people that at first it was like, and this is something that comes into my practice quite a bit. Well, at first I enjoyed it. You know, I'm home. I don't have to get up and drive to to Indianapolis or someplace, you know, I, and then they realized, but I missed the aspect of driving and getting out. So I always say you have to change it. When you're at home, you have to decide that it's time to turn off the computer or if I'm doing something with the phone and now I have to change and go do something fun. Now here's what I'm going to turn it on the TV and work, w- watching something, a game show, something that would kind of change the tracks, but also mentally stimulate you in a way that you're doing something different. Oh, but wait a minute. Do I have to get dressed? Well, that's, <laughs> well I yeah, mean, seriously. seriously no, that's, because I've discovered there's a certain yes. kind of uh, yeah. depression that comes when you just mm-hmm. lounge around, even though I'm working, different than actually getting ready as I would if I was going to my office. No, that's in, in fact, Jim, one of the things I always suggest to people, which seems a little corny, is that when you get up, before people just go, oh, I get some coffee, I go in, and there's usually somewhere designated in your house, and they're just sitting in their bathrobe or whatever, well, you don't change the pattern. Your pattern needs to do, I need to get up. If I take a shower, I need to go put clothes on. I need to designate it differently and take breaks at time just like I would at work. And that may mean to call somebody, even though you're not going to see them, but call doing things that would be a normal routine in a different world. In a pandemic world, trying to figure out routines, I can't go to my gym like I used to go to because it's just uh, been closed and now it's reopened, but now I'm scared <laughs> to go. But all that say, I, I can't always just reestablish routines, but there are some things that can be routine at home that we can always do. And I'm wondering, Gary, what about like a devotional routine or a, a reading routine or, or a prayerful routine as an anchor in the day? Is that a help? Is, is that something you would think could be a really critical piece of daily infrastructure? You know, Jim, I, to me, that's the foundational piece. We, we look at the spiritual aspect of it because, again, we started with, in some ways, about fear. And I go back to that. When we have an unknown, and this is all of us, to be quite frank, when there's an unknown, we fear it and we question, and then it gets catastrophic. And again, without just quoting a verse, but one comes to mind I always go back to, says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And I think that's what we're looking at from a spiritual standpoint, taking time each day, maybe even a couple times a day, just to say, Lord, here's where I'm overwhelmed. Help me to clear my thoughts and help me to focus on, again, you know, as a person thinks in their mind, that's how they become, biblical process as well, but it's also just the day-to-day. So what am I doing to rechange my thoughts, to rechange the focus, and I think the spiritual aspect of that every day is a foundational piece that needs to be there. And in a world where there seems to be random chaos, in other words, the pandemic is in a way kind of random. Is it there in the supermarket? Is it on the handle of my gas pump? Is it something I breathed when I walked by the stranger? I mean, there, there's a randomness to it that, that can be very disturbing, I think. Yes. 
which magnifies the fear. But I live in a world where there's a God of order. And if I can connect to that, if I can have a daily routine where I stop and consider a God of order and the God disclosed to me in the person of Christ, I can read about that in the scripture every day and it can create a platform, I think. In my own journey, after all the things I've had to let go in the pandemic, that's one thing I can hold on to. Yes, I think that's where, Jim, you're saying I can't say any better. I was kidding the other day and reading the passage where when it uh, talks about that that God even knows when the sparrow falls to the ground. And there's that passage that says, you know, and you're worth more than many sparrows. And I kept playing up my mind, you know what? I'm, I'm worth more than many sparrows. And God cares about that. And that gives a sense of peace when you know that the God of order is in order of all things even when I can't see it. But I go to him because I know he's in control. We're not sure where you are in the pandemic today or how you're feeling. Maybe uh, our conversation today has spoken to you at your point of journey. And especially in this last bit of the conversation where we've talked about connecting to God, to connecting to your spiritual self and understanding your maker and his power and his care and his investment in you. There are a lot of things that are mysterious in life, but this I know that no matter what the chaos around me, there is a solid rock upon which I can stand. And you can too. And we just want to invite you to think about that. Maybe today you're listening and you're thinking, I'm not buying that Bible trip. Or you're thinking, that Jesus deal, that's just, that's out there. That's not for me. Well, if your life is all together and you're flying through the pandemic without any concerns, perhaps you can take that posture. But I'm going to suggest if you're struggling at any part of the edges of your life, give this a try. How to get started? Well, you can start with us right now. You could actually take a deep breath and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know each of us by name. You know exactly who we are, where we've been, where we're going. You know more about us than we know about ourselves. Dear Father, I also know that you understand this world's travail and its difficulty. You know the work of hell itself in promulgating this virus and the way which it has robbed and stolen and taken so much from life. But as we recognize that real power, we also acknowledge and we reach for your power instead. Your love, your capacity to intervene in the course of our lives, your ability to come alongside, your concern for us prove true in the life and the death and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. And today, Lord, I pray that all those who are joining me in this prayer will take a moment and surrender our lives once more into your hands. We can't control the world around us, but you can walk with us. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Hold us close, we ask in Jesus' name. If you prayed with us, you took a step. And if you want to take another step, just reach out and let us hear from you. Let us connect with you and walk you through a series of steps maybe that can help ground you during this pandemic. You could give us a call, toll free, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're always by the phone and always glad to hear from you. But Kimberly, I know not everybody wants to pick the phone up. What if they looked for us online? Where would they find us? You can find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. And if you send us a message there, we'll respond. 
I promise we will respond to CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. You may have accessed this conversation already on social media, and if that's true, just send us a message through that social media feed. We're watching that. We'll be back in touch. You could also just use the post. Write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, leave a message in a social media post, or use the post office, hey, we're so anxious to hear from you. Dr. Gary Vaughn, a privilege always to be in your company. Again, thanks for carving us in. I know that there's probably a queue at your office door standing in line wait, but you came to see us. Thank you so much. It's always a privilege, Jim, for you to ask me to speak. Thank you. Thank you. And Kimberly, you're on it. Thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. Good conversation. And we're so glad that you've joined us as well. And we hope that you'll join us for our next episode because our next installment is going to have another conversation with Gary Vaughn about life during the pandemic. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministries team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.